Hi. Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we're going to explore the possibility of the Jets trading for Timo Meyer. At least learn more about the kind of player Meyer is from Sharks hockey reporter Curtis Pichelka. We're also going to be talking to a local figure skater who's had some success this year, heading off to the 2023 Novice Canadian Championship soon. That's all coming up on the podcast. What about the NHL trade deadline? A lot more time to go before we get to that point. But before we get to the Jets returning to their practice schedule tomorrow after their long break, gearing up for a 30-game home stretch as they not only push to make the playoffs, but perhaps get into the postseason as the top seed in the West. Well, yeah, to aid that push, it's expected the team will be adding at or before the deadline. How much, though? Will it be depth or will they go big for someone like Timo Meyer, the San Jose Sharks forward who has 30 goals and 21 assists this season, who is a pending free, restricted free agent. He's got a $10 million qualifying offer this summer that could be due to him. It would be a big swing for Jets GM Kevin Sheveldayoff, no doubt about it. It wouldn't be cheap, but it could be the kind of bold move the team needs to make to be a real cup contender. Here to talk more about it is Curtis Pichelka. He is a Sharks beat reporter for the Mercury News. And Curtis, before we get to Meyer, I just want to ask you, do you think the Sharks would be this bad this year? I was a little, you know, I thought with some of the, the, the veterans that they had, that they had, that they signed and acquired in the offseason that they would, um, you know, be in a better position to sort of win a lot of these close games and, you know, they, they went out and they got a Luke Cunning from Nashville. They got a, a Nico Stern from from Colorado. Actually, well, uh, Nico was a, was a free agent signing, and you know they they made kind of all these you know little moves to sort of bolster sort of the uh, uh, the experience on the team. And I thought it'd be a lot. They start winning a lot of these close games, but it's been the exact opposite. You know, they've um, they've actually their record in one goal games is isn't very good, and their record in, in overtimes is also hasn't been very good this year. So, uh, in that way, it's been a little bit of a but a little bit of surprise. I wasn't necessarily expecting this team uh, to be in a playoff mix or, or in the top three of the Pacific Division, but um, still, maybe uh, you know, I thought they'd be better than you know twenty eighth in the NHL at this point for sure. 11 overtime losses leads the league as they have just 16 wins, which is one more than Chicago and Columbus uh, for last in the NHL this year. So we expect that the the Sharks will be big sellers at the NHL trade deadline, which is just under a month away. Uh, Let's talk about Timo Meyer because I don't think Eric Carlson's coming to Winnipeg, but Timo Meyer is a name that's been uh, on Winnipeg's radar for a little bit. And at the game last night in Tampa Bay, Kevin Sheveldaff was there, was he not? That's what I wasn't in Tampa myself, but uh, that's what the broadcaster said on the Sharks broadcast that Kevin was there. Um, you know, I guess uh, I'm not sure where he was prior to that and, and what his future plans are, but uh, yeah, I guess he was there and and, uh, and uh, checking out the game, and I'm sure he had a lot of eyes on, on on Timo Meyer and, and what he was able to accomplish last night, and I'm sure the Jets have been you know kind of keeping an eye on him for. For a while now, but it's always noteworthy. I think when when a GM is is there in person to to watch another game. So, um, so yeah, I mean that's just kind of part of it. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens over these next uh, three weeks or so. But um, you know, I'm sure he'll be won't be the the first and won't be the last executive to uh, to take in the Sharks game in person. So, if the Jets somehow do swing a deal for Timo Meyer, what pl- kind of player are they getting? Well, I think you're getting a player that's basically that's really 
built for the playoffs. You know, he's, he's a, he's a sturdy guy, six two, about 210 pounds, um, you know, fast, physical, um, you know, very smart player. Uh, just a, a, a guy who's who's really uh, coming into his prime as as a player. You know, there were a couple of down years for him. Um, you know, after that 2019 season where the the Sharks all went all the way to the the Stanley Cup uh, or the the Western Conference Finals. Um, so, uh, but you know, he, he sort of resurrected his game, uh, got back to what he what he does best. And uh, you know, when you look back to that 2019. Playoff run, you know, Timo was only, you know, 22 years old, but still had 15 points in 20 games. And so, um, you know, he's he's a guy that is playoff ready, uh, could step into any lineup in any top six uh, forward group, I think, and uh, and make a real impact. So um, it's, uh, you know, I think uh, whoever gets him or winds up getting him uh, is going to get a player who, uh, who's uh, who's ready to contribute right away. And I mean, he put on the show last night with a pair of goals, including the overtime winner. It's almost like he knew. Uh, I don't know what kind of impact knowing you could be in trades has on a player's performance. Is that something that's been asked of him lately? Yeah, I mean, he's we've, we've talked about his contract quite a bit, and and uh, you know what the future might hold, and and um, he's trying to, you know, he, I think he's doing a pretty good job so far of just trying to block out the noise, and um, you know, try to. You know, just focus on what he can control. I mean, that's that's the, the mantra you always hear this time of year from players, right? Is you know, I try to figure out what I can control, and and um, you know, I think I think so far he's he's done a pretty good job of that. Just uh, you know, just trying just trying to play his game, and and you know, for for now anyway, and just trying to help the Sharks win as much as possible. So, if you're San Jose, then what are you hoping to get back in a Meyer trade? Well, I, I think you're you're. you're you want to get something, obviously, when you're looking ahead to the future. The Sharks want to um, try to try to get, you know, obviously, I, I think a first round pick this year is, is would be a pretty obvious part of any trade uh, with any team. Try to get something, you know, a, a player, an impact player uh, in this year's draft. Maybe a, a great A level prospect, um, someone who could maybe step into an NHL lineup uh, sooner rather than later. Maybe as soon as next year or the year after. Um, and then from there, you know, you might have to take on a veteran contract to sort of help make the uh, the money work. But I don't think the Sharks want to want to pick up a player who's, you know, maybe got three, two, three, four years left on his contract. They want to, you know, maybe maybe uh, you know pick someone up who can who can uh, contribute maybe in a depth role. But that, that's kind of where maybe when you got a lot of teams' interest, that's kind of where the, in my opinion, anyway, where the, where the variables kind of come in. Like, what's what's sort of going to be the, the, the other stuff that maybe a team might be willing to offer to get a team O'Meyer if it's if, if, we, if we establish that, you know, a 2023 pick, a pick this year, and plus a top prospect uh, coming back are sort of the, the main ingredients of a trade, then what else? kind of comes into play after that if you've got you know three four or five teams seriously interested uh in timo meyer so that's going to be mike greer's job to sort of maximize what he can get uh for timo meyer uh, before uh, before march 3rd so what do the sharks specifically need or is it just everything i uh, yeah a little bit everything <laughs> they specifically need you know young players to come up and make a difference right now they've got the top prospects are in the American League, and and um, you know they're they're but they're you know very young, twenty years old, twenty one years old, 
Um, still not ready to come in, maybe necessarily take on a full-time role right now. Uh, and you've got this gap between those type of players and the, the sort of the Sharks' top players right now. Obviously, we talk about Timo Meyer, but Tomas Hurdle, Logan Couture, Carlson, uh, you know, those type of players. You, you, the Sharks need more of those elite, uh, top-end talent sort of in that 20 to 25 age range. So, um, so you know, we look at, you know, do they have a goalie for the future? Uh, that's questionable. James Reimers, the USA, a couple of cocking had a very good game last night, but are you, are you ready to make him your number one next year and in, in the year after? That's a question mark. Um, you know, the defense is uh, a little old. Maybe you could use a, a young defenseman to come in um, and also any type of forward help, especially on the wings. Uh, will certainly be a welcome addition for this team. Yeah, I'm just looking at their cap-friendly page. The forward grouping is almost done in, in a couple of years, say, for Tomas Hurdle and, and Logan Couture. Almost everyone else is off the book soon. The defense a different story with Carlson, Vlasic, Ferraro, and Benning all paid through three more seasons after this one. We don't know if Carlson will be on the move. It's, it's a big, big number for someone to absorb if they trade for him, but... What is the direction of this team right now that Mike Greer inherited? Because it, it seems like a bit of a mess. Yeah, I think that, you know, there was some talk that maybe this is going to be, a, you know, when Mike Greer came in that um, there was some speculation that, okay, there's going to be some temporary pain, but maybe that this team could be turning around and starting to head in the right direction again in another year or two. But, um, you know, that's a lot of we, – we talked to Mike Greer you know, last month about what, what he sees as far as, you know, is, is this a playoff team maybe next year? Um, he, he mentioned that, well, that's a lot of points to make up <laughs> in one year for any team. So I think this is sort of be maybe a little bit longer term. Um, you know, it all depends. You know, maybe maybe they get lucky in the in the draft lottery and are able to pick up uh, a top three, uh, top three pick. We'll, we'll see. But, um, you know, I think I do think this is going to be kind of a longer term uh, rebuild for the Sharks, whatever, whatever word you want to use, you know, and uh, maybe the hope is that this, this team could be competitive again, if not next year, then, then, then the year after, because I don't think that they want to go through a really long rebuild, you know, the fan base here. I mean, it's, it's sort of a different market in that there's a lot of things to, to do. And then you guys keep people interested in the team and keep people you know, wanting to come to games too. So um, a lot of that, uh, there's a lot of different factors, and but I don't think this is going to be a super long thing, but necessarily not not a quick turnaround as far as being a playoff team next year either. And do you think Eric Carlson's a part of the long-term plan, or do you think they're hoping to move him too? Well, I, I you know, Mike Greer isn't, you know, necessarily, you know, itching to, to trade him or anything. I think, I think Mike sees Eric as sort of a piece that could really help this team long-term. And if you look at a deal... You know, when you when you kind of you know map out what a, what a Carlson trade might look like, okay, you're gonna have to retain some money. You would seem to think, or, or take back a, a another team's bad contract to help help make the math work. But you know, if you're retaining you know three or four million dollars on on Eric Carlson's contract, and you have say seven or eight million dollars left over from that from that deal, well, you're gonna have to spend you know, quite a bit of that leftover money to, to get a player like Eric Carlson, an offensive type defenseman who could still play at a high level. So, um, so I, I, it's tough to say, I mean, Eric too has a lot of 
control over the, the situation too. He's not going to uh, go anywhere. He, if he's going to go somewhere, he wants to go somewhere he can win. And uh, the Sharks and the deal has to also make you know sense for the Sharks too. So a lot of different variables to sort of make this happen. And But, you know, we'll see what happens. I don't think it's going to happen, you know, by March, but uh, maybe in the offseason that opens up some more possibilities. I'll let you go on this one. A couple names that have found their way into the Sharks lineup this year that people know from here in Winnipeg. Uh, Evgeny Sveshnikov spent some time here last year and was kind of jostled all over the lineup. And, and Michael Asimon, who was picked up on waivers by San Jose this year. How have they been in Sharks uniforms? Well, Sveshnikov got off to a really good start, but he's had some troubles getting, you know, staying in the lineup, you know, on a regular basis. But and, you know when he when he's in there, he you kind of know where you're getting from him. You know, uh, you know a bigger body, a guy who can, you know, play a more physical role and maybe add a little some scoring touch too. Um, but the Sharks have been really pleased with AC Mont um, so far since they've received him. He's up on the second line right now uh, with Lone Couture and Alexander Barabanov. Um, you know, so they've they really like what they've gotten from him. Just what he brings to the to the team, not only. Um, you know, some speed, but also some edge. You know, guy, guy who plays uh, with, a, with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. That's kind of what uh, the Sharks felt they've been missing uh, at times this year. So he, he's fit right in, and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Sharks, uh, you know, give him a contract extension uh, at some point between, uh, between now and the summer. Well, Curtis, appreciate your insight on this. Thanks for this. And uh, if there is a Meyer trade coming to Winnipeg, perhaps we'll check in again closer to March 3rd. All right. Sounds good, Christian. I appreciate it. Manitoba skater Davey Howes earned a gold medal in Regina on January 26th, the 2023 Skate Canada Challenge. And he's going to be taking part in the National Novice Championship coming up in Calgary later this month. And Davey joins us now on the CJOB Sports Show. Davey, how do you feel about going to nationals later this month? Um, I'm feeling really great. Uh, after my performances at Challenge, uh, it felt really good to be able to put out two good performances. And it's been kind of like the ammunition I've needed to keep pushing and keep training hard uh, through to Nationals. So is this the the highest event you can get to in your age group? Yes, this is. Um, currently at the stage that I'm at, there aren't any... Uh, future internationals for the end of the season. So, yeah, as of right now, nationals is the highest level competition I'll have. Okay, so take me back to your performance in Regina a couple weeks ago. How much preparation went into those performances for you? Oh, it's uh, a lot, definitely a lot of preparation. Um, So, in skating, we have a really long season. So, my season started in summer, and uh, we've been training ever since. Uh, the training gets more focused to challenge uh, when we get later into the fall and uh, into winter. Um, and yeah, it's so recently. It's been a lot of train, a lot of reps of like programs and sections uh, to keep the quality up in them, and so that I can. Uh, peak and do everything I can when it comes to challenge and nationals. So when do you, the short program that you skated in this event, which was January, late January, when did you start putting that together? Um, We started putting this program together last March, I believe. Oh my goodness. Yeah. 
It's been a long time. We've made quite a few changes on it. After summer, it wasn't quite working out how we were hoping. So we did make some choreographic changes to it. And uh, since making those changes, it's been not only scoring better, but just my ability to skate and feel comfortable skating it has uh, uh, changed a lot. So when you, in this event, nail it and you you come out of that event in first, 10 months of preparation goes into that. Do, do you feel that weight of relief when you nail it? Yeah, definitely. Um, it You kind of know once you've finished your performance and when it's been a good performance for you and you feel, you feel that all of your training has like been a comp, like, you know, that all the work you've put in uh, has like, has been able to show. Do you choose the songs that you skate to? Um, so <laughs> I would say yes, but there's also a big group of my coaches that help decide. So there's my main coach, Kevin, and then quite a few of my um, other members of the coaching team, along with some of my choreographers and past choreographers. Um, and yeah, normally we're looking for when we get new programs to try and find ones that have different styles and something that I can push myself to uh, so that Maybe at the start of the season, it's not quite there yet, but that's by the end of the season, um, since I'm able to grow with it, uh, it works as a concept and uh, can turn out really well. Short program, Telephone Line by ELO and Hello, Hello by Trixie Mattel. And then the free program, Losi Saro by Andrea Bocelli featuring Lang Lang. So the, the two different programs, for those who don't know, what's, the difference between a short program and then the free skate? Uh, the main difference between the two programs is the length and the amount of elements. So in a short program, it lasts uh, anywhere from 2 minutes and 20 seconds to 2 minutes and 30 seconds. And there are six elements in the program, including three jumps, two spins, and a step sequence. Whereas in the long program, it'll range from 3 minutes and 30 seconds to 3 minutes and 40 seconds. And that one, uh, there's 11 elements with seven jumps, three spins, and a step sequence as well. Do you have a favorite of the two? Um, This season, I wouldn't say I do. I really enjoy both my programs and kind of the contrast it gives and the way I'm able to express like different emotions and styles of skating while skating the two of them. Okay. How much practicing do you do in a day what does your typical day look like oh um, so a typical so each of my days uh they vary just based on the amount of ice we have but normally i'll skate around two hours a day and before each of uh, my skating sessions i'll do um an off-ice warm-up which includes off-ice jumps and stretching um, and then two times a week, I will do uh, fitness um, along with office jump classes with some of my coaches. And I also do dance classes to help uh, maintain flexibility and rhythm and all of those other things dance uh, does to help skating. And you also go to school. Oh, yes. I do go to school as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's a busy day. Yeah. 
So do you skate before or after school? Um, I do both. So um, around three three days a week, I will skate before school, and which requires being at the rink for six in the morning, which is uh, really early, but we make it work. And then other days I will skate after school, like I'll go from school and I'll bus or something to the rink. Uh, and yeah. So do you have an early bedtime? Cause this sounds exhausting. Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I try to get lots of sleep, uh, even with the uh, early mornings. Okay. So looking ahead to the nationals, February 18th to 22nd at Canada Olympic park in Calgary, does your program change from the one you skated at the challenge event or is it similar? You're just tweaking it or is it the exact same? Um, I, I believe we've kept the technical content the same. Um, uh, there were a few errors for me at challenge. So we've been cleaning those up in practice. Uh, uh, and I wasn't able to maximize my levels on spins and step sequence at challenge. So we've been working those so that I can maximize the amount of points I can get out of those. But otherwise, uh, the base of the content has stayed the same. So it's just practicing those same elements just over and over and over and over again till it becomes almost second nature, which I assume it almost is at this point after 10 months. Yeah, a lot of repetition just so that when I get out to the big competition at nationals, um, I'm able to show everyone what I do in training. When you step out on the ice at a big competition, how do you feel? Um, that's normally so. I normally get really excited, um, and I'll get the excited, nervous energy. So, um, yeah, I'll normally get a big adrenaline rush, and I'll just get out there, and I'll be probably going a lot faster than I normally do just because of the adrenaline. Um, and then normally I just try and, like, calm myself down to keep things controlled and under control uh, so that – I'm able to do everything with the same quality that I do in practice without getting ahead of myself. So you have to slow yourself down a bit. Yeah. Okay. Are you thinking while you do your program or is it better to not think? Are you thinking, okay, this is what I got to do next. This is next. This is next. Or is it better to, to not do that and just like go with the flow of what you've been practicing? Um, I definitely think a lot, especially when I compete. So one of the methods that me and my coaches have is creating a script, which essentially includes keywords for different parts in both of the programs, whether it's within the elements or just in the skating and transitions in between. But yeah, I definitely think a lot when I'm competing. And after you compete, once the program is done, I guess it depends on how you did, but what's the, what's the feeling when it's over? Is it a rush when you succeed? And if it doesn't go well, you're feeling really bummed. What's it like? Um, normally, no matter how it goes, I'll kind of be a bit relieved that it's like done. Um, but yeah. So when it goes really well, like I'll just feel like really proud and really happy with how it is. And I'll, yeah, I'll just know that I did everything. When it doesn't quite go as planned, um, I'm normally a bit bummed, but 
I try and look for things that were good in the performance and things that I, and obviously when there's errors, there are things you can improve, uh, which is mainly what I look for in competitions as a takeaway is what can I improve for the next one? So when things don't go well, it's why didn't they go well and what can I do to to have that not happen as well as if it does happen, what can I do to fix it? So say the rest of the program doesn't go that way. Finally, do you have a sense of the competition you're going to be up against at this event? Yeah. So um, actually in my event, there were only 18 uh, novice men um, and uh, four nationals, 18 entries make it through. So this year it'll be all of us that compete that challenge will be at nationals in past years. There's normally more and a few will like be cut off, but um due to level changes and uh, probably the COVID years and just less skating or less people that continue to skate. uh, Yeah, there's only 18 in my event. So it'll be the same competition as I just had. See, you could be the winner. (laughs) That's the hope. (laughs) Well, Davey, appreciate your time tonight. Congrats on the success so far and best of luck later this month in Calgary. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this Right, one, you're the day. You may not share our intellect.